Hi, I'm Jo Clark, and thanks so much for joining me today. This is the Redefining Midlife podcast, a podcast designed for the 40 plus woman who is determined to challenge society's myths and beliefs around midlife. It's for the woman who is inspired and ready to define midlife her way. Join me each week as I chat to health and wellness experts for up-to-date information on how to live well, as well as some special conversations with incredible everyday women redefining what midlife can look like. Here's to making our next half of life even better than the first. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Emma Lagerlo. Emma wears a number of hats. She's a wife, mum to four children, three of whom have reached the teenage years, and she currently works as a wealth and mindset coach. During our conversation, we talk about Emma's 25-year corporate career, including over 10 years in finance and banking, her early menopause at the age of 45, her dreams of becoming a published author, and how growing older has led her to new ways of self-care. Importantly, Emma has been able to use her skills and her knowledge gained during the years in the corporate world to create her Wealth Mastery Coaching Program, which allows her to support women to transform their worth, wealth and well-being, all which are such important areas of every woman's life. She also supports women through her life coaching work to help them create fulfilling and abundant lives. All links to the resources and ways to connect with Emma can be found in the show notes. This is a conversation that touches on so many topics that unite all women, and I know that there's going to be something for everyone in our chat. And as always, I'd love it if you could leave a rating and a review and share this podcast so it can reach others. Enjoy. Big welcome to you, Emma, for coming onto the podcast today. I'm so grateful that you're here to talk to us. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm, I feel it was like lovely to get your invitation to come on and be a guest. And yeah, it's been yeah wonderful. I think we were just talking before about how we met probably a couple of years ago now when we were both really starting to get into our businesses. And here we are. That's it. And they're all evolving. That's the other thing that we were talking about too, how the yes. business changes and evolves over time, just like we do as women. So it's it's wonderful to see how each other is is changing and what sort of area you, you know, you're then starting to get into. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah, getting to know you even more. Um, exactly. Yeah, wonderful. Even yeah, listening to your podcast. So you're doing a wonderful job with it. Congratulations. Oh, appreciate that. Thanks so much. Well, what we're going to do today is talk about the younger Emma and then go through just the, the progress of, of how you have evolved as a woman and the sorts of work that you're doing now and how you're helping other women in a certain area. So Emma, tell us about the younger Emma, what she dreamed of, where she was living and what she thought maybe her future was going to look like. Sure. Okay. So I guess there's like so many different versions of the younger, isn't there? Yeah. But I, I was born in the South of Sydney and have spent most of my life here. I did a little bit of travel in my early twenties. Um, I went overseas backpacking, but uh, the younger Emma that grew up in, in Sydney, and I think I was always in a rush. I just remember always just wanting to be an adult because then I could do mm. what I wanted to do. So that was a bit of a memory. And then I really wanted to be a journalist as I ah. was sort of getting to the end of my high school years. And yeah, I loved writing and I did some work experience at a television station. I wanted to, a newsreader actually was was what I, I pictured in my mind. Um, but then I think this rushing to get through life a little bit got in the way and it felt like that was going to be a long game. And so then I ended up working in doing a marketing degree and then it led to a sort of a 20-year 
corporate career, which was great. And it did allow me to travel. Like I worked in London and, mm-hmm. and all of that with, with that corporate experience. Um, so I have no regrets at all. But I think now I'm a little bit coming full circle in, in that I'm had this hankering to, to write a book is on my bucket list um, and it still is. And so it's it's definitely getting closer and I'm moving more in the right direction to get to that point. That's exciting because you've got decades ahead of you, so there's plenty of time in, in to write that bestseller. Are you yeah. thinking of a um, a nonfiction or a fiction book? What what was sort of the idea that you've got behind your book? Yeah, well, in my younger years, I did actually start writing a book, which I probably got about halfway through, and it was really based on, like, I loved Daniel Steele and all of those romances and fictions, <laughs> and, you know, all that idealism. Um, but now I feel like it's more grounded and it would be a nonfiction and I think it's a lot more so around finding your worth as a human, really, but particularly as a woman and shedding all of those identities that you carry through your life um, and then to come out to be, I guess, your most authentic self, which will hopefully lead to more wealth and abundance in all areas of your life. Yeah, it's we're constantly a work in progress, aren't we? Because even if you look back at where you were, like, and we were doing that only, what, two years ago when we first came across each other, how much things have changed in our lives and, and where we've yeah. become. And um, yeah. you know, sometimes things have been great and others not so good, but that all be, that all shapes the person that you do finally become. Yeah, definitely. The lessons that you learn in some of those not great moments really do shape yeah. you to, yeah, to be a better version of yourself, hopefully. Absolutely. I mean, life can't be all sparkling all the time, can it? You need those moments of adversity to actually yeah, get through them, prove that you can do the hard things and, and that yeah. sort of sets you up for the next thing that might come your yeah. way. Certainly, yeah. and appreciate then the good things as well when, yeah, you have some, you know, dips um, along the way and then when your life, you get through it and you you can really appreciate that normal life even. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't get to to our age now. You're in your late 40s and I'm in my mid-50s. You can't get to this age without having those big bumps yeah. in, along the way. And my favourite quote is, you, know, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. It's just that, you know, you know things are going to come your way. It's it's riding them at the time. So it's hanging on for grim death sometimes. and Otherwise, otherwise you're just sailing. It can be smooth sailing. But yeah, yeah, just to get there. Mm. I love that analogy. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a great one. It reminds you know, when I'm having a hard time, you know, you know there's going to be calmer waves coming your way soon. So it's a, yeah. it is a handy one to have. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that in your younger years you worked in corporate. So what sort of things were you doing during that time in the, that job? Those yeah, jobs. so I worked in yeah yeah banking and finance for yeah, yeah ten over ten years of, huh. of that time and so I was working in foreign exchange in transactional banking in equities all of that and so I think that that is also you know shaped a little bit of the coaching slant that I've taken on now but it was great I mean it took me to London and yeah I had. I flew to New York and I was in Tampa and so I had some amazing experiences in in the lead up until I started having kids and that's when I took my foot off the pedal and took some time out and had four children wow <laughs> so, yeah I did um I did sort of take some I had a couple of small businesses at that time it just sort of kept me interested but nothing really it was more about sort of that child rearing at that point and then I got back into corporate um and found a job that was local in marketing and so then I was working for a pharmaceutical business and yeah, really sort of being more traditional marketing, whereas in the finance it was, yes, you know, trading and then um, more sales related. So, yeah, but it's it was great. I've got some really fond memories of those, those years and they have really helped to 
grow the wealth of our family and it's been some amazing experiences for, for me as well. Mm. And was your husband in a similar sort of a role that together you could be in these types of jobs? Yeah, so he's a stockbroker um, and has been, yeah, for, forever. Actually, when we first went overseas, because we met when I was 17, so we were quite young. He's three years older than me. Um, but we went overseas and that's when he got more into that stockbroking side of things. He'd done an accounting degree and, yeah, I mean, he might beg to differ that it was a good decision but um, because it's a quite a stressful role and yes. can be quite demanding when you're doing it. But, yeah, it has allowed us, I guess, to sort of travel in, on the same plane as we've gone through life a little bit and then yeah his role now has been great to bring mm. a lot of wealth and abundance into our lives so I'm very grateful to him for for that yes yep and do your, are your children got any aspirations to go into that sector as well having had mum yes. both in there yeah well interesting you say because my son has just graduated high school and he is studying for business so he's actually just left to go down to uni and he's doing a business degree and he's thinking finance but you know the first mm. year you do all the subjects so I know we're even saying do accounting because you know then you could have a small business for yourself which in hindsight like we like it's great to have a business I think that then you can um, be a little bit more of your own boss yeah. in life and so you know it's going to be up to him he he might enjoy and be wooed by the big lights of that stockbroking sort of career path but yeah, but I guess, you know, wisdom and time and experience. And now we see a lot of our friends that are builders or accountants and they've got their own businesses and they're only working three days a week and, yeah, they have a lot more freedom and time on their hands. So mm. we'll see what, we'll see where he ends up. Well, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? Because my son, he went into a dual business laws degree with the whole idea and the bright starry eyes of, of, of a corporate, living a corporate life and climbing a ladder and all this sort of thing. And he got a couple of years into his degree and he just went, I don't, that's not what I'm finding attractive at all. And he's just yeah, taking yeah. this big step back away from that and, and pursuing other studies in a different, completely different area, hoping yeah. to be in a completely different world because yeah, it can, it can burn out. So maybe your son's seen the, the good, the bad and the ugly of, of all of those different aspects of whether you're in corporate or whether you're in smaller business. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But he, look, he will choose his own path, um, whatever that is. And I hope he's happy. Um, I know already though, he's like a bit shocked by, you know, how much textbooks are costing and all that. I'm like, well, you really need to want to do it. It's not, you know, and even the hex debt, you know, that mm. what we have in Australia at the end of your degree, you know, you have to make sure that it's something that you really want to do because it's expensive um, yes. as well. So yeah. We'll see how he goes, but so far, so good. It's interesting, isn't it, as as a parent watching your children go through those different stages and imagining, you know, when they're when they're really little, you imagine, oh, what on earth are they going to do? And then as they get older, they start to gravitate towards a certain area or a profession. Mm. And mm. Um, yeah, and then they they become young adults, like you're finding now with your son. Both of mine are, are tw my children are at this point in time of the recording, and twenty three and almost twenty two. And you mm. go. Yeah, it's interesting. What's going to be in the next five, 10 years ahead yeah. for them? It's it's yeah. such an unknown, isn't it? But it's exciting yeah. as a parent. It is. Yeah. And they're and they're all so different. It's yeah, it's mm. crazy to well, think. Well, for I mean, four children, it definitely would be. You would would really notice that. Yes, I am. I am. Yeah. So he's super academic and then my two middle girls are more um probably practically minded. Yeah. And then, you know, so maybe childcare or travel or something. And then my little one is super sporty right now so she wants to be a pro surfer but we'll see oh, what is that right? 
<laughs> oh, that's gorgeous. Uh, yeah. So you, you're a wife and you, you mentioned that you met your husband when you were 17 and you've recently celebrated your 22nd wedding anniversary. So congratulations there. Yes. So how are you finding this whole phase, which we sort of touched on it a little bit then of, of motherhood, because it's, it is different. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that you decided to have a, like when we first met, you were really working with, with mums who are in that the phase of the teenage years. So how have you found that phase to be and uh, yes. continue to be? <laughs> I have found that ch- that phase to be uh, quite challenging. Um, I know I was even a challenging teenager. My mom actually said to me, I hope you have daughters. And then I had three. <laughs> so if that is karma. <laughs> then I think I've been well served um, in that in that area. But yeah, yeah it is, they're just, it's just, it is a hard phase because they are just becoming their own people and so they're exploring testing boundaries and they're seeking independence and they they don't need you but then they they do need you especially when they want you to pick them up or drop them off somewhere mm. and so yeah it, there's yeah it's just a different a different time of life and that's why I started initially it was a blog for mums who are raising tweens and teens because I I really felt like there was even a bit of a disconnect in the level of support for mums of kids of that age group um, because the kids are at high school, you know, you're not at the school gate, um, mm. you know, you're not at mother's groups. And and then with the kids testing boundaries and you might be secretly thinking, oh, my goodness, is this normal and where's this going to end, you know, if they're sort of acting out and, and things like that. So I wanted to sort of be a voice to normalise that our kids are are going to do things that we might not agree with as they are growing into adulthood. And it was great. But as I've morphed, I've realized, and my business has grown. I, well, I first of all realized that I was attracting people from all walks of life and saying I was for moms was really limiting me. And then I also think it was it's nice now to not be so tied up. Like I think I'm finding more of my own identity as well on this little on this journey. And it's not just being the mom. There's mm. a lot more. To me as well and it's and it's even nice yeah to not be all wrapped up in that even the stigma I think if my kids do do something and I feel like I'm this voice for the mums of teens that you know it was I had this more pressure even on myself and so it's yeah I'm a full advocate for mums who are raising teens and for the teens and all of that but um it, it has been it's been nice for me to sort of grow and and develop on this journey as well. Yeah, as as you know, this, that's a couple of things that we can talk about from what you just yeah. said. So one of the things that I was thinking of when you were talking was, as a parent, you see your children, and they they you know, particularly when they're teenagers and they're wanting to test boundaries and they're wanting to explore, and you need to. And so it's almost like a constant juggle that I I found personally, and and talking to some of my friends where, you've got the the umbilical cord that you let it out a little bit and then you rein them back in and then you let out that little bit more and they're wanting to sever it and, and then they, you know, the odd time where they might accidentally sever and then they need to come back to the, the fold. It's it's yeah. hard to sometimes watch, but you need to let your kids make some mistakes as well because yes. that's how they learn and that's how they learn that resiliency. And then coming from a, you know, having been a teacher for for, for a number of decades, I could see the difference in the children who were allowed to make mistakes and the children who were constantly 
mollycoddled to to not make mistakes and and yep. you know that that whole fear that they've got to get it all right and you know mum will be there to pick it up before it mm. uh, yeah. a problem starts so it's it's a really interesting phase too yeah yeah I think it's yeah it, you're right it's really important that they can make those mistakes to build the resilience um, yeah. and see yeah the the consequences of the actions a little bit so that's a, probably a good way for them to learn but it's really hard as well mm. because of course you love them and want to protect them and mm. shield them but yeah mm. yeah so it's, and, and, it's, and that's uh, that important that importance of, of having something and you know as your children do get older and we'll touch on a bit of that now is is as you said find something that you enjoy as well because yeah. when the children leave for some parents sometimes children just keep on staying and living in your house but for a number of of women whose whole work and whole sense of worth and identity is in their children when they leave they are totally lost Hmm. the empty nest is certainly real I've experienced it but I suppose I always had something else that I was doing at the same time to help me yeah 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 I think that's so important and that's like I think even my business as it's going it's been my personal like I've said, journey a few times, but of of then realizing that I needed to prioritize self care to be mm. show up as a better version of myself, you know, for my kids as well, and that part of that is really yeah is having that purpose rather than yeah getting to that point where they've all left and all of a sudden you're just lost and floundering yes. and you yes. don't yeah you don't have that sense of purpose and it can be anything. I mean, it doesn't have to be a massive career or starting a business. Maybe it's about getting fit and healthy or volunteering or you know there's so many ways that you can have you carve out your own interests as well so it can look like however it wants to look for you but you need to listen to what's coming up for you and then follow that path absolutely Mm. and you've got more of that time and space and usually energy too because they don't require as much time and they don't require as much energy they don't take up as much space once they start doing their own thing and you're not needed as much anymore so yeah that's that's really valuable advice and I just know that some of the women that I come across both as friends of mine and also just just in what I'm doing now yeah some some do struggle with that and finding themselves and it is a journey I use that word as well and I think it can be an overused term and people can their eyes almost can roll in the back of their heads but there is yeah it it is a change and we do morph into different things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah definitely so you you mentioned earlier that you love writing and and, you know the writing the the novel and you did some blogging so that's that's really interesting Mm -hmm. that connection that you had there Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think it was dipping my toe in the water back into, you know, getting used to the writing and even the the blog, I guess, was my marketing background and thinking that if I, I if I get a few fans and then I write a book, <laughs> at least a few people will buy the book. So, but then it, it has just, it's just grown. I was listening to a lot of um, Melissa Ambrosini at the time. And I don't know if you've yeah listened to her. I mean, she's a little bit younger than us, but uh, she just really inspired me at the time with her coaching and all of that. And that's, she started blogging. I think she was writing a blog every single day. And I mean, that's a little bit too much for me <laughs> mm. with a busy life to come up with a new blog every day. But she was a real, it's been a real expander for me to see what's possible to be able to actually create a life and a going concern from a blog. Mm. <laughs> mm. yeah. Do you still write much? Do you have the blog that's continuing now that you write? Yes. Or? 
Yeah, so I do. So that's on Mama's Day, which um, was the website. I, I have done some rebranding, but I just haven't quite got to the website to call that Emma Lagalo yet. Yes. yes. Um, and so that probably has made me maybe not do quite as much at the moment, but that's a work in progress. And, and I do love writing and I need to re remember, like sometimes we get so distracted by all the shiny objects and we forget about, you know, what really started us in the first place. But this yeah. year I've, I've really said I'm going to start writing that book and so I will be writing a few more blogs I also write for some different I'm affiliated with a studio um, and a, a platform called True and so I do a few blogs for them and but I, I really love writing there is nothing like it when you you got hit by some inspiration and you just really yeah. want to write about it and it feels so incredible so it is it's great I probably just do that in my journal now in the mornings <laughs> yeah yeah so you're a big journaler yeah, yeah. So the last few years, I've, I've always kept a diary. That's probably something I probably should have talked about when I was growing up. It was, you know, you get your little diary that for the year and you'd write every day, you know, what you did. But the last few years, I picked it up again and it has been really cathartic for me. Um, I meditate as well. I've got a little morning routine where I meditate. Mm. I use the Insight Timer app and depending on how much time you could do with like a one minute meditation or 20 minutes if you've got time to laze around a little bit more. Um, and then I write one page in a journal. And then my daughter, actually, my littlest one bought me this great gratitude journal by Lisa Messenger. And it really is quite comprehensive and it has lots of questions like rating your day out of 10 in the morning and the night. And, and that has been really good. Like what's my focus for the day? And then at the end of the day, what am I going to go of? And so it's, um, yeah, it's good. So I've, it takes, it can take maybe 10 minutes, but it's just a great way for me to start the day and get everything out that might be going on inside, which can yeah. be a lot as teenagers yeah. around. Yes. So a morning ritual is so important. That's something that I really like to, I've got for myself going. I've got a fairly extensive one now, but that's just been adding little things on over a long period of time. And in the membership that I've got with the ladies that I work with, that's one of the things that they all start with just implementing one little thing and then add on to another yep. because it sets up your day so well, doesn't it? Oh, it, it really does. It, yeah, it just clears your mind, I think. It, yeah. it grounds you and, and the gratitude in particular, I think, mm -hmm. you know, you can sometimes be thinking that you're in a slump and nothing's great, but there's, you know, always so much to be grateful for. And it yeah, just gives you that perspective. So yes. yeah, a morning routine is been, I feel like it's really been one of the most transformational things yep. for me um, to really set me on the path that I'm on and to keep growing my mm. confidence and knowing myself better and yeah, being more present and yeah, for my family. Yep, same, same. And Emma, we were you've got three three daughters and mm -hmm. you, <laughs> so the hormones in your house plus mm. your own and if you you don't mind me sharing that you yeah, you are yeah. you're a woman who went through menopause earlier at at 45 mm -hmm. you reached yes. menopause so you're postmenopausal now how yeah. did you go with that while you've got young teenage girls in the house i mean what that must have just been an interesting time yeah well it it was interesting i suppose um but I wasn't overly aware of it. And I think being a, of a, you know, a younger age, and I also had um, a IUD because we didn't want to have any more children, which then suppresses the usual cycle. Um, so mm. I wasn't really truly aware. I know I was sitting in meetings at work and I'd feel, get a hot flush and take my cardigan off and then it would pass and I'd put it back on. So I was, I was thinking maybe something a little bit was going on, but it, I guess I was fairly lucky that the symptoms weren't 
overly aggressive for me. And then it was more even just the then I went to the doctor to get the IUD so you know it was time for it. And my husband had a vasectomy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this isn't too much information for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they, yeah, they needed to have an ultrasound to, to remove it. And then they had a look at my ovaries and they said, are you trying to have a baby? And I was like, oh my goodness, no, I've got four, like, no. And then I said, oh, but why are you saying that? And they said, um, oh, there's not many eggs left. And so I probably was only about 42 then. And so then that was the first sort of trigger to think, oh, okay, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And then all the things that go with that as well of like feeling, oh, wow, I'm getting older and yeah. But then I did get a few more periods um, and that, but then 44, like I had my last one. So by 45, yeah, I was in menopause and my doctor had called to tell me that as well. And um, yeah, so I probably was a little bit erratic at the time, but yeah, I didn't, it wasn't a huge thing that I, that yeah, it was sort of like, I'm, I'm in menopause and, you know, everyone look out. <laughs> mm, mm, I know it's experienced so differently, isn't it? On how, yeah. how women, women's bodies react to just yeah. the declining in the yeah. hormones. And we were yeah. talking again, previous to, to hitting the record button, how, yeah, Emma at, at 45 is post-menopause and me at 55 is, is still very much in the, <laughs> far away from I've got at least at least 56 before I reach menopause Um, so just how different we can all be and yeah yeah it's it's quite extraordinary isn't it for something that every woman goes through is such different different um, realities that we all have yeah and I think that's important to talk about a little bit as well because yeah I mean I did feel abnormal to be honest Um, Mm. and it was yeah whether I, I really did want to share about it but i I find, and I think actually going through menopause brings wisdom as well and you and not caring so much what other people think. <laughs> and yeah. so yeah. there's that to be um, grateful for. And mm. yeah, and it does. I mean, I was listening, I think, even to your podcast and they were saying that some women are getting symptoms in their mid-30s. Yes. And rather than us having our, burying our heads in the sand and not realising, like, why are we feeling how we're feeling? It's I think it's good to be to bring this more, shed light on it so that people can embrace it and navigate it more easily it's normalizing a conversation of of something that is completely normal because every woman will go through it yet it's only now that it's starting to become probably um not as for some women embarrassing or it's, it's you know a secrets women's business you didn't really know and even right with the women I work with well I didn't know about that how come we're not talking about it? That's one of the most common things. How come we don't know about this? Yeah. And it's yeah. only now and it will happen when we start to make it a normal part of conversation. Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I was out on the weekend and talking about it and people, yeah, really interested. And I think yeah. so many people are walking around worried because there's so many symptoms that you can have. Um, and so if it was more normal mm. and yeah, it would help people to not yeah keep them up at night, even though oh, that's absolutely. another one of the symptoms. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, just another. <laughs> yeah. You were saying, at, you know, there's 20% of women by the age of 40 are, are showing signs of, of perimenopause. So they've got those symptoms already. So it's happening to younger women and they yeah. need to know what to look for, how to support their body through it. Mm. So you're supporting your body. You were talking about before just with a morning ritual that you've set up and you've got that meditation going. What other yeah. sorts of things do you do to support your health and your wellness? Yeah. So exercise is big as well. Like I try to do something around four times a week. Um, I do a bit of walking and then I do 
personal training with my daughter actually. Um, and so that is great for the strength training. And then I'll try and go with a friend or on my own or something as well. Cause I know strength training is really important for bone health, particularly mm. if you do you go through menopause earlier that you want to yeah. try and ward off osteoporosis and things like that. So, and I've done strength training forever and I, I really enjoy it. I mean, it's a great way to burn energy Mm. longer than just doing cardio so mm. it, it yeah, and keep yourself sort of fit and toned and and that's why I also like to it hasn't really changed my body a lot I don't feel going through menopause and that's a, another big fear I think women feel that they're going to hold on to fat and everything I mean maybe I've adjusted my diet a little bit because my metabolism probably isn't as as fast but I feel like it, it hasn't really it's not something to be so afraid of that's mm. that's probably the message that I would really love to share and if we do continue to look after ourselves and I mean exercise is good for mental health regardless of anything else so um yeah to, to continue on those pathways then you'll be fine mm. absolutely focusing on your health and wellness when you get to the middle of life is so so important because it'll set you up for the years to come as well not only do you feel great in the moment and the the short term is just setting yourself up for the longer term and that strength training is key because yeah, yeah to prevent the osteoporosis from happening I, I was osteopenic actually osteoporosis runs in my family so I had the early signs with the bone scans yeah. that I actually was in the early stage it's known as osteopenia and I was able to reverse it through strength training wow. and, yeah which was so ladies make sure you do um, mm. and as well it increases uh, it stops something called sarcopenia so your muscles do start to waste as you get older and so by doing strength training you're not only strengthening your bones but you're maintaining and in many cases for women because it changes as they get older they're building muscle and that can then help you with increasing the ability for you to um, yeah um, metabolize your food a lot faster so you're not putting on weight so it's yeah there's a lot of things that can work together as you get older that you need to be aware of yeah. I'll yeah. start for you. Yeah. Well, I've done it forever. I can't imagine not really doing it. I mean, maybe I was doing step and things like that when I was younger, but for the last yeah 20 years, probably I've been mm. doing strength training and, and it was even, we were worried when in the early years of, you know, turning into muscle men or whatever, but it's not at all now. And it just helps you have that sort of leaner physique. And then, yeah, you do burn fat and your energy better and, um, mm. and it's, easier on your joints and all of that I think so it's yeah it's been a great addition to my life and I can't yeah I can't imagine not having it no oh well, thank you for sharing that and being being honest about um yeah your reproductive life with yes yeah. yeah. well thank goodness I yeah I, I <laughs> it's four children although sometimes maybe <laughs> but that's another thing is yeah thank you it is good to not wait too long because yeah. I maybe if I was 42 and I was just trying to have a baby yes. then um, that yeah it, it might have been really difficult for me so I feel lucky that I did absolutely make hay the sun shined <laughs> yes so to speak yes <laughs> now Emma most recently your work has expanded into the area of women's not health but wealth mm -hmm. um, and their mindset around money so this is such an important topic for women and I, I, I'm loving that we're going to be talking about this now so can you tell us more about exactly what you do in your line of business and the reason behind why you decided to go down that path? Uh, probably what really led me is is maybe even listening to like people around me that didn't have a lot of like control of the finances and how, or even an idea of what was going on and how their lives were not 
functioning as maybe as smoothly, or they didn't have as much just peace of mind even because they weren't really aware of it. And I grew up, my mum was the, the budgeter in, in our house household. And at that point, like she would have money for different things in different compartments of her wallet, but you know, mm. there was petrol money and there was food money and mm. holiday money and, and all of that. And so I think I, she was a really great role model for me to see what it was like. And so it just naturally, I guess, came to me that I was the budgeter in our family as we began. And yeah, I had spreadsheets for all the different things, you know, we were going on a holiday or we we're doing a renovation or whatever. Like if, if you saw my actual spreadsheet, I think there's like 20 tabs or something. Oh, wow. That's even and, <laughs> and all of that. And so, um, and then the banking and finance really helped me with the investment side of things and understanding that terminology and, and feeling comfortable with that. Even my risk tolerance was probably even a little bit more so than my husband. And I was always the one that was like, let's buy that house. And now let's buy that house. And, mm -hmm. and it has held us in good stead now because, you know, you, it capitally appreciates. And so it has grown like the equity that we have. And so it's, I just think it's come naturally to me, but I could see it didn't for everyone. And ultimately though, I, I just think that knowledge is power. And by, you know, knowing exactly sort of what or a roundabout way where our finances are rather than again keeping you up at night thinking can I afford that or how am I going to pay that bill really to know exactly how it looks is so important and then can give us that choice and opportunity or whatever to be able to make decisions on our life and then to also create true wealth in our life mm. or all those other areas if you know exercise and relationships and all of that I think to you know have a good relationship with money is really fundamental to be able to enjoy everything in your life. And so I just thought I'd bring all that practical knowledge and experience together. And I, I started just with my budget that I use, which is really comprehensive and it's free on my website or, or on my Instagram. And you can just download that. And as I said, comprehensive, I've got four kids. So I've tried to think of everything because that was another thing with some of the budgets that I found. They were so high level but you get to the end of the month and think, well, that didn't add up. How come it didn't add up? And then you forget about the gifts and the subscriptions and the apps. Yes. And so I've tried to capture all of that. So you get a really good understanding of, of where you stand. And then, then you can move it around. And if there's not enough money, then I like to even talk about the big and the small. We say, we're going to start saving money. We're not going to have those coffees, but the coffee might bring you a lot of joy if you're busy and you're getting the kids off to school getting to work, you finally sit down, it's like the light at the end of the tunnel, whereas it could be, say, you know, a car loan. And when you look at it and you think, wow, that's like 20% of our outgoings. And is that vehicle really worth that sacrifice that we're having to make or that losing that peace of mind or that safety and security? And so you can really start to make those choices and grow your wealth. And then when you do, then we have so many more opportunities of how we, what we want to do with our lives. And yeah, my, my life, for instance, and yours, and I'm sure that Wealth has had, has had a say in being able to have that freedom to go in and start a business and, mm. and do something different from. Yeah. It's it's money and education. It's when you've got those two things, either one of them, it, it just brings choice. With the more educational opportunities, it's it's choice. Yeah. With the more, you know, with money, it comes with that as choice. And then that comes, Emma, with the responsibility. So for for many women, and particularly when you're getting into women who are probably in their 50s, 60s and beyond, but when we think about um, marriage breakdowns, sometimes the superannuation differences between men and women, yeah. there, there, is, there is still that disparity, isn't there, between 
between men and women and for women to learn on how they can um, yeah, become more confident with their money and how they can look after their money is, is so very, very important. Without a doubt, like I see, um, yeah, that there are some relationships that the partner has no idea what's happening with the money and you could be open to a decision that's made that could be detrimental or you yeah, a marriage breakdown and then they have no idea. I mean, I took out really 10 years from, from my career when I had my kids. And then I, even when I went back, I was going back only 30 days a week. So yeah, my super is definitely not as big as my husband's. Mm. And if you don't know what is happening, then if the relationship does decline and you, you go separate ways and you might not be fair in, in how things are divided. And so then, yeah, you might be left yeah, struggling. Mm. struggling and that even can I think keep people in the relationship as well if they're not overly happy because yeah they're just unsure about you know how they're going to do it on their own um and so if I can even encourage like help people just yeah to have a bit more of a say and and an understanding and that financial knowledge and literacy then we'll have more choice if they want to make a different life choice yeah. So you don't give financial advice per se on oh, buy this stock, buy that stock. So just so people are clear, it's yeah. more um, general education with regards to money, different terms. And you're talking about the mindset on yeah. how to start looking at money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So first of all, we, we um, so it's a four week coaching program. And first of all, I, I do some journaling exercises on your money mindset. And I think that's really important to mm. understand whether you have scarcity money mindset bias or you you know there's never enough money uh that money's evil and it can mm. be and we grow up with like, those don't we you know I, I yeah remember like oh they must you know and that's so yeah. the things that you sometimes hear yeah. that stays with yeah. you because that's yeah. what you learn mm. totally so it all stays with you and then we go into the, the nuts and bolts of setting up your budgets and the, your systems and then I do um, a module on financial education so that's just the terminology because I mean, we hear EFT and we're like you know what is that or mm. you know cryptocurrency and so just high level but just to try and take some of that confusion but then also talking about the benefits and the the risk tolerance levels for each of those and so you can start to go oh well maybe property would be better for me or an EFT could be good and long term and short term and um, yeah just general knowledge which I wish that they taught a little bit more in schools actually I think it would be great or or, or taught budgeting as well in schools I think that would be a great subject to mm. armor our kids with and then at the end it's just about how to stay motivated so looking at your long financial goals and talking about how money in the hands of women is a really good thing and how when you do have money that you can if you want to spend money on solar panels for instance so that it's better for the environment and yeah it really yeah, just trying to create that motivation so that, yeah, it's something you really want to do. Yeah, well, it's certainly a life skill that continuum for people. Some mm. people are really well well skilled up and others are, are sort of at the lower end or in between. So it's a great one for you to work on. How are you um, hoping that the, the business will evolve then? Have you got dreams for what you would love it to become or is it um, at the early stages so you haven't quite got that far yet? Yes, I still feel like I'm sort of tiptoeing through the different areas. I mean, I do, I really love, talking about money um but I think it ultimately it's really about worthiness is where I I really say that you know if we feel like we're worthy of of time of having upholding our boundaries of having money and all of that and that's where 
just to create a, an abundant life. So I think wealth is definitely, and money is it's one pillar of that, but there's so many pillars. I mean, it's self-care mm-hmm. and all of, all of that. So, I mean, I do my coaching. I'm, I'm also studying at the moment um, Resolve Beyond Neurology, which is based on muscle testing. Mm-hmm. And that is really interesting to me of um, really trying to get to the heart of what people's like limiting beliefs are, what's holding them back. Um, so yeah, we'll watch that space because I think that that really is an incredible healing modality that, you know, you can see what might be yeah, stopping people from reaching their oh. full potential and helping them that way. So I think people are so busy beating themselves up and talking negatively and looking at like what isn't their shadow and all of that rather than seeing what is actually good. And the more mm. we can shine that light on what's good in people, then they'll be a better version of themselves and that will create that positive ripple effect in the world. So, Perfect. Yeah, agree entirely. And is growing older shaped that current thinking for you or is that something that's evolved as you've become older? Yeah, I, I feel like I've always been someone who like loves talking about people's problems and helping them and and that type of thing but I was probably yeah more just running my own race and then you know the mind on autopilot and all of that and since going through menopause probably and even like the pandemic was really a time that that like the light bulb moment which has really now coincided I think with that menopause as well for me a couple of years Mm. ago when life slowed and I really had that moment to to think am I doing what I really want to do in my life and yeah I realized I wasn't that I like my a good day was ticking all the boxes yeah that I got all the all my chores done you know the washing was online it's folded away and it's like, that was a good day, but it's not fulfilling. That wasn't yeah. fulfilling for me. And so uh, I think that, yeah, wisdom is, is helping me to see what is really lighting me up in life and and then having the confidence to go for it as well. So yeah. yeah, it probably has changed. It's interesting. A number of women that I've spoken to on the podcast, it was that, that pandemic time, the staying at home that just made them really have a deep dive and a think about, where they wanted their life to go and are they happy with that direction and um mm. yeah it's, it's it's just interesting to see how that pause has affected lots of people in many different ways yeah, yeah mm. without a doubt I think for me it's really about the legacy that I would like to leave as well um as you get yeah. older you start to think about that and, and if I can yeah, inspire my kids, um, but yes. if, if I can inspire other people as well, just to because we've only got one life, and you want to make the very most of it you possibly can. And for so, sure, yeah, that's I guess what it's about for me. Yeah, and it's great having the positive sort of positive conversations because that that you know, as you said, one you've got one life, and it's if not now, when. So you've you've really got to you can keep just letting things slide and and go along, or you can just start to take that one little step in a different direction to get you to a completely different space. And yeah, that's that one step will lead to the next step, will lead to the next step, will lead to the next step. And it's so important to to see others doing that as well in at this stage of life. So is there anyone that you see as role models in this area? Um, Well, as I I talked a little bit about Melissa Ambrosini, that I think Mm. that she's great. I mean, she's younger, but she's doing, yeah, a lot of the things that really inspire me. But then there's just authors that I love, like, you know, Brené Brown is incredible. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, even the, Gabby Bernstein, I don't. I think that she's really punchy as well, the way she talks about spirituality, but then just trying to do good in the world. Um, mm. I think that's really, yeah. So there's, I, mean, I'm, I love reading and listening um, to podcasts and, and all of that. Like even you are so inspiring to me, Joe. like what everything that you've been doing. And since listening to your podcast, I've learned so much more about uh, yeah, the, your life and that you lived on the land. And mm. yeah, I just think that everyone has something to offer someone yeah. else in the world. Yeah, yeah they do. We've all got great stories and sharing together can make a huge difference too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Emma, I'll have all of your, the things that you talked about so that that budget freebie yeah, that budget you've got plan. for people and then how they can connect with you on socials and your website and so forth, that'll all be in the show notes. But if you want to quickly tell people now where, you know, the handles and things that you've got. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So Instagram, it's um, at Emma Lagerlo. It's L-A-G-E-R-L-O-W. Bit of a, a mouthful. <laughs> and then um, my website at the moment is um, www.mamastay.com. And so there's links there to get on the wait list for my Wealth Mastery Coaching Program, or I've got a one-to-one signature program called become the butterfly but there's also links in my bio I'm, I'm on Facebook as well as Emma Lagalo so but yeah you'll put all those links in the show yeah. notes but yeah I'd love you to come and follow me and send me a dm or you know send me an email it'd be yeah it'd be great excellent and Emma what's one piece of advice that you would give to the 40 plus woman it could be on anything wealth creation or anything to do with this stage of life what would you what would you say to her I think it maybe just comes back to that being kind to yourself. I think in where we hold ourselves to, you know, such high account of how we want to do our lives. And I think it's just about like talking to yourself, like you would to a friend is so important at this juncture that that we need to, yeah, just accept ourselves and, and be kind to ourselves as, as much as we possibly can, because we're with ourselves all the time. And if we're, not speaking kindly to ourselves or we're thinking negatively, then that's the way we're going to show up. And so I think we need to really, yeah, be be kind to yourself as much as you possibly can is really what it's about. Mm, perfect piece of advice. And our final question then, what would 80-year-old Emma say about current day Emma? Keep going. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, what you would say is, yeah, just and I hope and, and good on you for for keeping on going because it was really worth it was worth it I mean sometimes you, you would know what it's like when you start a new business and yeah you just there's it's a roller coaster ride and yeah and I think that it's about being persistent and 80 year old Emma would be really happy when you know I have clients that I'm still serving and helping and maybe people are reading my books and yeah I have a really rich life that she would say yeah good on you for doing all of that beautiful beautiful I'm sure she will I'm sure she'll get that opportunity (laughs) thanks so much for your time today Emma really enjoyed our conversation thank you Joe. thank you I've I've, yeah love this chat with you it's been I I really appreciate the opportunity and I just want to say as well that I love your voice it's so beautiful and calm and reassuring and so I know that this podcast is going to grow with more people listening to your wisdom and and yeah, how you come across. So thank you. Well, I'll take those kind words. I'm learning not to uh, not to try to deflect them. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks again. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening and sharing your time with me today. I'd love you to hit subscribe on Apple Podcast 
or your favorite podcast app to keep spreading these empowering messages. Please share this podcast with other incredible midlife women in your world. Join me again next week for another redefining midlife conversation. Thanks again for tuning in.